Somebody say praise the Lord. Somebody say praise the Lord. How many of you believe that what the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it for good? Come on now. You know you, the enemy did not intend for you to wake up this morning. You know that, right? But God woke you up, put you in your right mind. On a Sunday afternoon, you are in church. As the old folks used to say, you are in church. Amen? What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. That is the testimony of Joseph. That is just not his testimony, but that's your testimony. I don't know about you, but that's my testimony. Amen? I feel like preaching. My, my soul gets excited. What the enemy meant for evil, God turned it for good. I wish I had a witness. If you have your Bible, would you please turn to the Gospel of John? The Gospel of John, the 21st chapter of the Gospel of John. That's my witness. Amen. That's my witness. Amen. Gospel of John, chapter 21, verse 15 to 25. That's my witness. If you're able to stand, would you please stand for the reverence of the reading of the Word of God? John 21, verse 15 to 25. Hear now what the Word of God says. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, he said, you know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, Yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, Take care of my sheep. The third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, Do you love me? He said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you. Jesus said, feed my sheep. Very truly, I tell you, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you wanted. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. Then he said to him, follow me. Peter turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was, one, this was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, If I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread among the believers 
that these disciples would not die. But Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? This is the disciple who testifies to these things and wrote them down. We know that this testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. If every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Would you bow and join me in prayer? The sufficiency of the word of God is the testimony of our lives, is the testimony of our faith. Father, we thank you for these written words that have been proven, that have been tried and proven. And Lord, you call that the word of life. So this afternoon, may this word of, may this word of life breathe life into those who are dead, into those who are broken, and may they be encouragement for those who are alive. So Lord, speak to our hearts, for we are listening. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. You may be seated. God is not done with you yet. Say that, say that, say that. I want you to say that out loud. God God is not done with you yet. In a remote Swiss village stands a beautiful church. The name of the church is called Mountain Valley Cathedral. It, It has high pillars and magnificent stained glass windows. But what makes this church special is that it possesses the most beautiful pipe organ in the entire region. People would come from afar off just to hear the lovely tunes of this organ. Once something went wrong with this pipe organ, it releases the wrong tunes and the sounds of disharmony. Musicians and experts from around the world had tried to repair it, but to no success, no one could find the fault. It was made unique, customized, and no one really knows how to fix it. So in return, they all gave up. After some time, one old man came in town, and he asked a simple question, why wasn't this pipe organ being used? The church staffer replied, it's just not playing right. It's releasing the most horrendous sound after it used to give the sweetest sound. The old man said, if you don't mind, let me give it a try at fixing it. Well, the staffer reluctantly said, well, go ahead, give it your best shot, knowing that the world's expert had came and they fell. I'm trying not to get too excited. So then, after a couple of days, the old man is working in this pipe 
and trying to fix it. And the staff begin to be worried a little bit because the old man has been working nonstop. By the third day, around noon, the people in the village begin to hear the sweetest sound they've ever heard, even sweeter than before. And people was, was rushing to hear what was happening because they knew the organ has been broken for a while. Well, it was the old man playing on the organ. And people began to come around and, and just to see what had happened. And the old man was playing and people were just happy to see that the organ had been, been able to play like, a, like his old self, even better than before. Then, after the old man was done playing, a gentleman stayed back and said, I have a question for you, uh, mister. He said, how did you fix it? How did you manage to restore this magnificent instrument when every expert, when every expert in the world failed? The old man said simply, son, it was I who built this organ 50 years ago. I created it, and now I have restored it. <laughs> well, this is the story of our lives. And, and, and before I get into my sermon, before I get into the text, if I want to give you something to hold on as I do the background of the text, isn't that the story of our lives? I don't know about you, but me, I knew I wasn't born saved. But I knew even after I was saved, I still messed up. Well, even I by myself, I still messed up. Y'all never messed up, but that's all right. I still messed up, but this is what I know. I have tried other things. They could not fix me. I have tried other things. They could not restore me. But what I know, I tried when, when, when I returned back to Jesus, since Jesus built me, Jesus has the ability and the capability and the willingness to restore me. Walk with me in the text to the life of Peter. Peter is one of his disciples who, who and, the, and the, the Catholic Church called Peter the first pope. And without this, that without this text that we have in the Gospel of John, there is no Peter. And if you want to make sense of it, this text is like um, David's favorite movie. Uh, um, favorite franchise, Marvel. The the franchise, the Marvel. But if you go to the, to the to the to watch the movies, if you don't watch, if you don't wait for the after credits, you miss the you miss the whole thing. I wish I had a witness this afternoon. If you get out of your seat before the whole thing is done, like after the all the credits, and then they're gonna give you a preview of what's coming. That's going to hold you for the next six months, for the next year, two years, however long the next one's going to come. But that's the most important thing, not the actual movie itself. It's the, what happens after the credit. I know I'm not a movie guy, but if, I, if I'm lying, y'all can tell me I'm, I'm lying. But I'm, I know I'm not. I'm sitting with good ground. I, I checked with Dave before the sermon. I checked with Dave. Dave told me. So in chapter 21 of the book of John, it's the after credit because... If you really think about it, at the end of chapter 20, John gave the reason why he wrote the gospel. So chapter 21 be, 
look like it's out of sync. But isn't that how God usually operates in our lives? There's always a chapter 21. When it looks after chapter 20, everything seems to be done, but there's always a chapter 21. I don't know about you, but I'm getting excited. Can we praise God this, more, this afternoon for chapter 21? That's what it is here. It's John who is writing after the credit. And by, 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 by the way, by the way, notice how John talks even about himself. John said, you know, the disciple whom Jesus loved. John is very humble. John is like me. We are very humble. John is from the north of Haiti. We are very humble people. See, I, I know y'all will get this. John is very, very humble. John said, well, the disciple whom Jesus loved, he never referred to himself as John. He just said, the one whom Jesus loved, the one who lay in Jesus' chest when we were at the supper. See, see, it, it somewhat pains John to put those down, but that's the beauty of the Bible. The Bible speaks it like it is, and that's why the Bible is authentic. Because some story that's in the Bible, you'd be like, well, if I was writing it, I would have put this about me. But see, John put John chapter 21 there. So now, here, this whole thing is what people said, how God restored Peter. And can I tell you, God is still in the business of restoration. Because if God is not done with you yet, God is able to restore you. And here is the thing, there is nothing that you've done that's too far from God's reach to restore you. So now, even before I get to the text... The question's got to be, how did Peter get there? What happened to Peter? In other words, what caused Peter to think that he was done? Because the title of my sermon is that God is not done with you yet. So if you roll your Bible back to, just, just take my words for it, to Matthew 26. Matthew 26, verses 69 to 75. And this is what happened because now... Jesus had told Peter, you were going to deny me three times. Peter said, Jesus, you know, when, 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 when it was about time for, for Jesus to go to die for you and I, Peter said, no, 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 I would never let that happen. Peter is someone like me. I, I, by the way, when I was in, um, in seminary, I took a, 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 a test of personality um, in the Bible. You know, two personality I was? Peter and Moses. These were the two. And I don't have a hot temper. But those people are hot. Right? Peter said, no! I would never let that happen to you. Jesus says, well, son, <laughs> even before the, before the rooster crows, you're going to deny me three times. And then so up on those three denials, and, and we see in Matthew 69 through 75, Peter thought he was done. See? Here now, what you, you have to look at it. When it comes to Peter's fall, there are two things we have to consider. Two things in Peter's fall. In Matthew 29, verse 58, it speaks of how Peter was following Jesus from afar. When it comes to our fall, when it comes to the things that makes us fall, you, you never see people go say, oh, you know what, I stopped being a Christian, or, you know, all of a sudden. It's always a matter of things to where that you slowly but surely begin to kind of step back away from Jesus. Slowly but surely, you are moving away from Jesus. And what happens is, the text says, 
Peter began to follow Jesus from afar. Can I tell you this morning, some of us are beginning to follow Jesus from afar, and that's the beginning of our downfall. Because it never happens all at once. It's like, oh yeah, I'm compromising here and there. Slowly but surely, you know, whether it be what you listen to, how you speak, how you think, what you listen, you know, all these things, you begin to compromise. And all of a sudden you're like, well, I still believe in Jesus, but there's always a, you know, the but begins like, that, that's creating a distance between you and God. And this is what happens. Peter was following Jesus on the road to Calvary. But except that Peter was following Jesus from afar. This morning, this afternoon rather, I'm asking you, what are those things that are making you and I follow Jesus from afar? Because if you can identify those things, those are the, 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 that's the beginning of us failing like Peter did. Because Peter began to follow Jesus from afar distance. And real estate, they said location, location, location. Those are the three most important things when it comes to real estate. Location, location, location. You can have the most beautiful house. If it's in the wrong location, it means nothing. You can have the ugliest house. If it's in the good location, it means everything. Because it's about location, location. When it comes to Jesus, it's about how close are you following Jesus? How far are you from Jesus? What is it that's in between you and Jesus? And those things are what's going to cause us to fall. Not only that, we see the, 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 the place, but when Peter denied Jesus, verse 75 says, Peter wept bitterly. It pains Peter. And here, even before I continue in the sermon, what the, have the things... That have caused you to follow Jesus from afar. Have they pinned you? And can I tell you this morning. If you keep pounding on your chest. If you keep being. Uh, 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 um, uh, 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 what's the word I'm looking for? If you keep being egocentric. If you keep being proud. If you keep being prideful. And never acknowledge that. Yes there have been things. That have separated me and Jesus. There's been things in the gap. If they have not caused you to wept. You are not condemned for restoration yet. Until things make you weep, you are not ready for restoration yet. And too many of us, I don't care what your age is, if you lie to your parents, if lying doesn't cause you to weep, if it doesn't bother you, then you are drifting away from Jesus and you are not ready for restoration. And those of us who are adults, you know what they are. There are certain things, little white lies. Where are you? Oh, I'm the, no, 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 no. Those are the things, the little white lies. You know, tax isn't about to come. <laughs> you know, put a different zero where it's not supposed to be. You know, certain things that we do, those little white lies. If they don't, if we become so comfortable with them, then guess what? You even begin to pray to God with the lie, knowing that you, you convince yourself. Now try to convince God about your own lie. Better pains you. Not only we see in Peter's fall that the place of it, it was working from afar. The pain of it, it was bitterly. And there's a price that Peter paid. Because you know what the price was? It cost Peter's fellowship. It cost him his joy. 
It cost him his peace. Now, we see how Peter, Peter's failure, we see what it is. So now, if God is not done with you, which God wasn't done with Peter, then what is the first thing we got to do? First thing is, you can't go back to your old life. Verse 3 in your text. Verse 3. If you have your Bibles, keep it open. I didn't put it on PowerPoint on purpose. If you have your Bible, keep it open. Verse 3. What does it say? Peter went back. Watch verse 3 with me. Verse 3. Verse 3 and chapter 21. Peter said to the boys, let's go fishing. Peter says, I'm going to go fishing. And the, the, the disciples that was with Peter, there were six of them there with Peter. And they said, we're going to go with you. See, when you make choices, it has consequences. Peter decided to go back to his old life. But remember, when Jesus found Peter in the beginning of the Gospel of John, when, when Andrew brought Peter to Jesus, what Jesus says to Peter, follow me because I'm going to make you fishers of men, not fishermen. Peter was fisherman by nature. In other words, he goes and catch fish. I love me some good salmon, fresh salmon. You know, I love me some good fresh fish. But here's the thing. You can go and catch that. Jesus says, no, 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 no. I want you to catch men. The same way you will catch fish for a living, I'm going to make you catch men for my glory. And see, now, because Peter thought he was done, Peter said, oh, you know what? Jesus got nothing to do with me. I, I'm, you know, I, I betrayed him. You know, then I'm going to do what I do. I'm going to do what I used to do. Isn't that what it, used, what it is for us? Some of us, because we failed, because we sinned, because society passed a judgment on us, but we think God is done with you, with you. But no, God is saying, as long as you still got breath, I ain't done with you yet. The devil wants you to think that God is done with you. But God is saying, no, no, I'm not done with you yet. And here's what happened. Peter says, Let's, I'm going to go fishing. See, Peter did not just go by himself because he's a leader. He's a natural born leader. When he says, I'm going to go fishing, six of the disciples says, I'm going to go back with you. Because they think that they are done. But God says, nope, nope, no. See, Peter thought his ministry was over. But see, here's the thing. No man can tell you when you're done unless they are God. No man, no woman. See, that's the thing. We refuse to deal, to let God deals with us. But we rather say, you know what? No, I'm done. I messed up too royally. I messed up big time. I'm, no, no, no. God ain't done with you yet. God is not done with you yet. We see in his choice and his companion decided to follow him. And there's consequences. Here's what happened. Peter went back to his old life trying to fish. Peter trying to fish. And the whole night, nothing happens. They can catch nothing. Have you ever go back to how it used to be and you don't find yourself to find most enjoy, uh, uh, as much enjoyment as it were prior? Because once you met God, once you met Jesus, you can go back and feel the same way. No, I, 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 I know what I'm saying is good, but I, I don't know if you're listening to me. What you used to do prior to you being saved... Once you saved, if you messed up, you're trying to go back to it, it doesn't feel right. 
If it feels right, you are never safe to be saved to begin with. See, you can never meet Jesus and stay the same or be able to go back to how you used to be and feel comfortable. The problem is, we have a theology, we have a culture that says, do you? No, do Jesus. Do you? If you do you, you're always going to fail. If you do you, you're always going to mess up. But if you do Jesus, even when you mess up, he's going to pick you up. Peter trying to go back to his old life. And in the process, trying to take people with him. Be careful now. If you're going down, don't take people with you. And, and, and can, can, I, can I say something to you all? Listening people here online. Be careful who you let in your circle. Because they said this, the proverb says this. Show me, there's a proverb that says, show me. Your friends, I'll tell you who you are. The book of Proverbs says this, bad company corrupts good character. There are some people, they're not satisfied. Go, the devil is never satisfied to go down alone. He wants as many people as he, as he can. So be careful. There are some people around you, they no longer work for Team Jesus. They own Team Devil. And you can, there's no in-between. It's either you with Jesus or you against Jesus. And I don't know about you, but I, I want to be with Jesus. So, now, Peter, Peter, trying to take people with him. Peter trying to fish, but nothing worked. Because going back to your old life is never going to be the same way if you truly encounter Jesus for real, for real. So now, verse 4 through 17, we're going to see this. So if you don't go back to your old life, even when you go back to your old life, see what happens is this, because you're not comfortable, you're going to realize this, you have to know that there you have a caring friend that's waiting for you. See, Jesus wait at the shore. And I want you to see this, verse 4 through, seven, verse, verse four through 17. When they went fishing... They couldn't get anything. Jesus said to them, said, hey, throw your nets on the other side. And then they threw their nets on the other side. And they got a whole lot of fish. Now, you have to realize, and I want you to, 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 to see this, to see this. And when you go home this week, I want you to read this text. All right? And something for you to be grateful for, how God can restore you. I know I'm grateful. Because God has restored me not once, not many times. So, so what happened is this. Here, Jesus found them. They went the old life. Jesus went and found them. Can I tell you something? If you are sitting here this morning, this afternoon, if you are listening, it's Jesus' way of finding you, even though you're trying to go back to an old life that doesn't work anymore. But God is saying, I'm not done with you yet. Because in verse 4 to 7, he says this, after sin, the return of old life. And, and, and this is uh, um, in, in verse, uh, um, ver verse 5, Peter admit that he failed. They couldn't catch no fish. That's what, I'm, that's what I meant to say. Verse 5, Peter met, he, he admits failure. 
and verse 6, he began to obey Jesus again because Jesus says, throw your nets on the other side. He did that. And verse 7, we see that Peter had a renewed desire to be near the Lord. Why? Because here's what happened. Once John said, hey, this is the Lord. Because John wrote the thing. I told you John is very humble. John said, I was the first one who saw it was the Lord. And once John said it was the Lord, you know what Peter did? Peter put back his clothes and swam to shore. Because there on the shore, not only Jesus found them, but at the shore, Jesus got to feed him. Because when they got there, Jesus got the grill ready. The fish was already seasoned, like a whole good old apis in the, in the fish. You know, spices for those of you non-American, non-Haitian rather. Spices in the fish. And Jesus prepared a meal for them. It's in the text. I'm not making this up. Open your Bible. It's in, it's in there. Jesus fed Peter and the other disciples. Everything they went to look for, Jesus already got it right there. What you are going to look for in your old way of life, Jesus is saying, no, 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 stay with me, stay with me, because I have more than enough. So Jesus fed them. Jesus gave them warmth, and Jesus gave them fellowship. Can I tell you something, friends? Some of you worked hard to be, oh, since you've been away from God, and you're working very hard, and you are miserable. You are miserable. There's no peace. There's no joy. There's no life. And you seem that you can't get it right. But let me encourage you this afternoon to come back to Jesus, because when you do, you will find that he still loves you despite what they say. He still cares for you despite what you've been told. He still has everything that you are looking for because Jesus has more than enough. The, the parable of, of the prodigal son. The prodigal son left and, and, and squandered everything that he had. Then when he came back to his senses, when he came back to his senses, it says, the, the, the text says, so while he was afar off, the father saw him. You have a father that's waiting for you. While your heart, while your mind, while your, while, while your, while your energy, as you guys said, is far off. <laughs> New age nonsense. While your energy is far off, God is waiting for you. God is waiting for you. And, and that's the thing. No one waits for you like God. Woo. No one waits for you like God. It says, while the sun was far off, you notice that Jesus went to find them. And he fed them. He, he went to find them. And he fed them. He went to find them. And he fed them. What I'm trying to tell you this afternoon is that Jesus is still after you. And everything you are seeking elsewhere, Jesus says, I got it. The earth and all that it contains belongs to who? Belongs to our God. And verse 15 to 17, we saw that Jesus restored Peter. He freed Peter. He let Peter, let Peter know that, listen, I'm not holding against you. Now, this whole text, whenever you hear people preach on this text and there's something that they, let me, let, let, let me kind of ease your mind about the love. 
There are two words that use for love here. When Jesus talked to Peter, it says, Peter, do you love me? Agapeo. Agapeo. Like that's the sacrificial love. Peter says, no, Lord, I phileo you. That's brotherly love, Philadelphia. You're with me? You just got got your, your Greek course right here. Peter, in the book of Matthew, Peter overcommit. Peter said, God, if when they come for you, no, I'm going to kill them. Nothing's going to happen. And remember when the first soldier came, Peter cut his ears. And Jesus says, just put it back. And Peter was like, whoa, it's not a fight with sword. It's a spiritual fight. So Peter had overcommitted. And then he denied Jesus three times. Here, Jesus is saying to Peter, are you going to overcommit this time? Do you agape me? Do you sacrificially love me? Peter said, you know everything. You know everything. And now, notice Peter. Peter is not overcommitting. Rather, Peter is basically saying, just like it is, God, I can't lie to you. I can't pretend. And some of us, some of us, we are trying to say, agapeo, 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 when you know it's phileo, phileo. And all you got to say, God says, come as you are. Don't try to be like, oh, well, you know, you, you know. Let, let, me, let me put it in your language. Some of you know. You say, God, if you got me out of this, I promise. <laughs> Well, well, well. And two weeks later, you go right back where you were. Mm, okay, I, maybe just, just, just the pastor. I know y'all been saved and sanctified since you, just me. You know, you be like, girl, God, if, 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 she, if she's not going to, if there would not be a baby in nine months from now, I promise you. I, I know, oh, well, the, 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 well I'm going to tell you, yeah. God, I promise you, ooh, I would never, ooh. I, no, God says, don't overpromise. Give me your heart just as it is. And trust me enough for me to not only hold it, but repair it and put it together. Too many of us are trying to overcommit. No, no, no. Just keep reading your Bible daily. Keep trusting God. Take God at his word. God didn't call you to be a preacher, so you're not a preacher. It's okay. Let Dave, me, and the other pastors preach. That's okay. You know, God didn't call you to be a worship leader as much as I would love to be a worship leader. But God didn't call me. Oh, Lord, have mercy. God, please give me a gift. But he didn't call me to be a worship leader, so I try not to sing. I let the singing to the professionals. I don't want to play music. I let it to the musicians. Don't overcommit. Say, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be watching the church. I'm, no, 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 no. You know you're gonna be, you know, look, for a week you're gonna sweep the church. After a week, you're gonna be like, I got time, I got time for this. Don't overcommit. So now you see that's the the, the, the parallelism that goes in the love. And, and with John, John used those two words interchangeably, anyways. But here you see towards the end, the last time Jesus asked Peter, he says, Peter, do you phileo me? By the third time, Peter wept. Again, this is the thing. You see, the same way Peter messed up. By the third time Peter denied Jesus, Peter cussed. Peter just used profanity. When the girl says, he was one of the Jesus followers. Peter says, blip, 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 blip. Yeah, that's what Peter says. Yeah. But now, Peter was saddened. Peter was broken. Because he knew what Jesus was doing. 
And, and, and some of you, you are still fighting God. You are still fighting Jesus while he's trying to renew you, while he's trying to restore you. You are still fighting. No, no. Let him restore you. Because I can tell you, no amount of drugs, no amount of sex, no amount of money, no amount of fame can restore you like Jesus. Verse 18 and 19. So, don't go back to your old life. Know that you have a caring friend in Jesus waiting for you at the shore. But verse 18 and 19, more importantly, you still have a future. When you are restored, you still have a future. Watch this. Peter, when it comes to your future, two things, two S, sacrifice and surrender. Peter would eventually give his life for the Lord who has saved him and who had restored him. You see that the, the part that makes no sense in the text, it, it says, well, when you were young, you go wherever you wanted to go. And when you're old, uh, um, somebody's going to lead you to where you don't want to go. Um, you know how Peter died? Peter was crucified. Peter was crucified. But you know what Peter says? I'm not worthy to be crucified like my master. And Peter said, put me upside down. Mind you now, and this is Jesus telling Peter, I'm, I'm restoring you. You're going to do great things. You, 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 you're going to do great things because in the, in the book of Acts, Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, Peter preached, 3,000 people saved. I mean, the, 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 the first half of the book of Acts is about Peter. It's about Peter's ministry. And Peter is the one who is leading. Peter is the one who is preaching. And Jesus says, you're going to be doing all these things, but you're going to die the same death that you deny me in front of people. You're going to die. And Peter, not, not, not only Peter now, see, see what happened when you don't overcommit, when you come back to Jesus, Jesus says, no, 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 no. You're going to glorify me because this is, it's, by the way, in case you haven't noticed, your life is not about you. It's about glory, the glory of God. And it says this, he's going to have this death to glorify me. <laughs> Breaking news. It isn't about you. It's about God's glory. And so now, Peter is going to die like Jesus did. Ooh, what, a, what a 180. In one breath, you are denying Jesus. You said, uh, you know what, he, he's done with me. And by the way, whenever you're saying Jesus is done with me, that's the, that's the devil in your ears, and the devil's a liar. The devil's, the, the devil's got to go where the devil belongs. Remember this, God is always there to restore you. But here's the thing, when he's restoring you, it's not your life. My life is not my own. To you I belong. I give myself, I give myself away. So now, when you give yourself away, God reserves the right to do as he wants with you. I heard people say, it's about me. I'm, you know, the, 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 the new age theology. I'm the captain of my, my, my boat or captain of my, my life. I do what? No, 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 no. Because when you now... Peter had to die upside down, but you, you every day have to deny yourself the desires, the things that you know that you can do no matter what. But no, God is saying, no, don't do this. That's not how you speak to, to, to somebody in return. You, you, you know how many times somebody gives me an attitude somewhere and I'm like, ooh, let me tell you. Prior to me being saved, I used to cuss like a sailor. 
You know, every now and then I'm like, Jesus, don't let my unsafe self come back to me. I, I know that's me. I know that's not y'all. I know that's not y'all. I know that's not y'all. But, but, but yeah, I, I know because you, you've always been saved. You know, like I said, First Baptist Church of Port-au-Prince since you were born in your mama's belly. You know, uh, um, you've been saved. But I, I, wasn't, I wasn't saved all the time. But sometimes I want to let somebody have it. And, 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 and I want to let you have it. The team away. I want to let you have it. But, 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 but God reminds me, it's not about you, Perry. It's about my glory. Because after you give them what you want to give them, you're going to feel right. But my name would not be glorified. And it says this, if you live, if you, got, if you have your breath, if you have your breath, if you have your breath, if, I, if, if, if God says, if, if you have my breath in your lungs, <laughs> it's not about you. The moment that you are the one who controls how you breathe, then you make it about you. But since I'm the one who controls how you breathe, it's about me. So then every day, got to sacrifice. Sacrifice, service. Peter was restored to preach the gospel. Peter was restored to lead. Because guess what? The, band, the, 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 the remaining disciples, they needed a leader. They needed a leader. And Peter was the one. You know, just like every ministry has a leader, we have a leader in this church. It's called Pastor Clever. Guess what? The disciples needed a leader. And Peter preached, and Peter preached, and Peter preached the gospel. And then when Peter was done with his race, the relay was given to Paul. But Peter was the first leader. That's why the Catholic Church says Peter was the first pope. Now, we Baptists, we don't believe in popes. That's because God only has one representative on earth, that's Jesus Christ. And all of us, we are just ambassadors. So then, Peter was of service. Peter surrendered. Because the commands was, the last commands was, follow me. Follow me. This was the same command that God gave Peter in the beginning when he says, follow me. Can I tell you something? If Jesus has restored you this morning, all you got to do is follow him. You guys remember um, Sister Act? I will follow you wherever he may go. Right? Wherever you may go. Lead me, Lord, I will follow. Lead me, Lord, I will go. You have, I miss the I miss my show in this choir. You have called me, I will answer. Lead me, Lord, I will go. And 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 that's the thing. When God calls you, when God restores you, you, you know, those of you who went to your mama's purse and you took a dollar without asking, God can restore you. Those of you who, you know, went to see your boo bay last night or last week and you know you went more than first second base, you know, God can restore you. And if he restores you, then you got to now live a life of sacrifice. Sacrifice is this. This shop is closed. You know, we don't play baseball with my life until you put a ring on it. Instead of go to your mom's purse without asking, just ask. You know what I tell my kids? Everything we have is, is yours. All you got to do is ask. Same thing with God. Everything he has is yours. All you got to do is ask. So you surrender because you follow him. I'm done. I'm done. I want to close with this. Um, you guys never heard of the name uh, um, Robert Robinson. You've never heard of that name. He's the one who wrote the songs, uh, um, Come to that Fount. Come that Fount. I'm trying to get the lyrics on my phone to come up. Here we go. It says, Come 
down found. Robert Robinson was a wild young man who lived a life of debauchery as a teenager. At the age of 17, he went with some friends to make fun at the famous evangelist George Whitfield. But Robinson was so impressed by Whitfield's preaching, he got saved. At the age of 23, he wrote that song. I'm not sure if it's in the PowerPoint. He wrote that song, uh, uh, um, Come Down Fount of Every Blessing. And, and, and the song says, Come Down Fount of Every Blessing. Tune my heart to sing thy grace. Streams of mercy never ceasing. Call for songs of loudest praise. Teach me some melodious sonnet sung by flaming tongues above. Praise the mount I'm fixed upon. Mount of thy redeeming love. Here I raise my Ebenezer. He wrote that song at the age of 23. He, for many years, he served as a Baptist preacher. But later in life, he got involved with some doctrine of Unitarianism and, and stray from the Lord. One day, he was riding on a stagecoach when he struck up a conversation with a young woman. And when she realized that he was well informed on spiritual matters, she asked him what he thought of a hymn she had just been reading. To his astonishment, he found that it was the hymn, Come Thou Fount, which he had written as a young man. He burst into tears and told her, I am the poor, unhappy man who wrote that hymn many, many, many years ago. I would give anything to have back the joy I knew then. The woman assured him that the streams of mercy that's referred in a song still flowed. Let me say this again. The streams of mercy that he referred to in the song still flowed. Robinson was deeply touched, turned um, from his wandering heart again to the Lord and experienced his grace and forgiveness. That same grace is still available to all who failed the Lord. If you will turn back to him, he will abundantly pardon and restore you to fellowship with him and to service uh, um, for his cause. You may, you, may, you may be a great sinner, but there's a greater Jesus. You may be a magnificent sinner, but there is a magnificent Jesus. You may be a cunning sinner, but there is a forgiving Jesus. You may be a liar, but there is a truthful Jesus. You may be a thief, but there is a loving Jesus. You may be headed, but there is a God who loves you. Come to him. Don't let the devil tell you you're done. You ain't done. God ain't done with you yet. You fell just like you, you and I. Starting from the pulpit to the pews. I know. You fell miserably. But if you can say, I give myself away to God this afternoon. If you can stand up on your feet and say, God, I give myself away to you. And do as you want with me. Take my life and do what you want. And guess what? He's still a God of restoration. Because he ain't done with you yet. He's not done with you yet. 
God is not done with you yet. Can you say that with me? God is not done with me yet. No, no, make it personal. God is not done with me yet. God is not done with me yet. God bless you.